You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Live. On a, was it Thursday? I, I lose all the days all the time. We're live, though. Red Cup. We are live. Want to talk about? I hate when people say they're invited to the cookout. I really, I really hate that. I really hate when they say he's invited to the cookout or she's invited to the cookout. I, I really don't like that. You know why? Because some of some of you guys don't need to be invited to the cookout. <laughs> some of our own people don't need to be invited to the cookout. There is no cookout. And I, I cut it myself. It's not great. It's not great, Roger, but I it was it was it was like a it was like a little mini afro. So I, I just you put the first clip on and you just just do what you gotta do. I I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. So I was thinking about William Kane, right? And how Max Kellerman help get him out to paint at ESPN. And I want to tell you guys the real story, not just the story that you saw in the news. I want to tell you the real story. You know, Will Kane um, came into prominence uh, back in the day. It was kind of a political thing. And, and what happened was is ESPN was getting a lot of heat back in the day. This is back when, you know, Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, they were doing the six. They brought back, they brought in the undefeated, they felt, you know, the general public felt like, uh, as one of my professors used to say, that ESPN was getting a little too hippity-hoppity. And this is when Trump came in and Trump was taking shots at ESPN and saying basically it was too black. ESPN was getting a little too black, right? So what they did was, what happened was the guy, the president of ESPN got caught in a cocaine uh, extortion situation. He runs uh, the zone now. But he got caught in a, he, he liked the, the blacks. <laughs> he liked us blacks. So he was always given opportunities. He's the one that wanted to do the undefeated and everything. But he got caught up in a, in a, in a cocaine. Yeah, John Skipper. Uh, he got caught up in a cocaine extortion and had to resign. And he had to resign right around the time Trump was calling out ESPN on everything. And all the MAGA people and the Clay Travises and, and the, the, the Tommy Lorenz and all of those people, the Tammy Lorenz. They were all calling out ESPN, right? So, and for being too liberal, basically, aka too black, a little too hippity hoppity, you know, for them. And at that time, the new guy came in and he said, "You know something? We we're scared of Trump. Um, our MAGA people are like a part of our viewing audience, right? Is a big part of their viewing audience, and our MAGA people are upset. So we we need to do something to balance it out." And that's where Will Cain came in to the situation. Now, granted, Will Cain said he didn't vote for Trump. And I don't know if he voted for Trump or not. He could have been lying. Whatever the case, Will Cain was brought in basically to be that MAGA operative. You know, the, 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 he was the MAGA guy for ESPN. He was the guy that always took the anti-black, you know, stances. He used the anti-Kaepernick guy. He's the anti-Cam guy. He's the anti-Antonio Brown guy. That was his job, essentially. His job, and don't just take it from me. Don't, I'm not just saying this. Don't be like, well, Rob is, is all, you know, militant and pro-black and he's talking about William Kane. No, don't take it from me. 
People at ESPN said the same thing. Dan Labertard and others have said the same thing, that the ESPN was getting a little too black for MAGA. And what they did was they started wiping out all of the cool black people and started bringing in either the, the, the Hydra MAGA people, you know, the, the, like the Sage Steels. They, they wanted to bring back the black people that let you play with their hair. And then they brought in like a William Kane. And that was William Kane's job, right? That was his job. His job was to come in and be the anti-black voice, right? Come in and put him on first take, right? And, it, it, and, and he'll do this. Now, let me tell you something. This is very important. There are people that can do like these type of acting jobs. That's what I call them. These type of acting jobs. And still be more or less well-liked, you know, within the, the, the business or within the company, right? Like they can come in and, and they're the same. You know how Richard Sherman says, hey, we know that Nick Bosa may be racist in his off times, but he's cool with us. There's a lot of people at ESPN, these other networks, right? who they know off camera is a little suspect, but within the building, they know how to maneuver the right way. They know, you know, how to be nice enough, polite enough, and all of this stuff, and they're liked within the building. William Kane wasn't like that, okay? Nobody liked William Kane. You know what I'm saying? Not the people. <laughs> not, it's definitely not the, 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 you know, they didn't like him. He's just not a likable person. Some people are just... Not likable. You know who I'm talking about. There's every at every office. There's some guy or woman, and you like something. That person is just not a likable person. Yes, red cup. Nobody liked William Kane, right? Nobody, and I mean like nobody liked him. You know, and even when he would go on the shows, they didn't particularly care for him. But I'll tell you what the systematic problem is with sports media right now. Nobody liked William Kane, right? Max Kellerman didn't like William Kane. Max several times had to check William Kane on being suspect. You know why? Because William Kane made Molly uncomfortable. While all of you guys were doing stories and talking about LeVar Ball, talking about changing gears and all of this stuff, nobody talked about how William Kane made Molly very uncomfortable. And numerous times, Max would have to come in and check him. Right now, don't forget this is Stephen A. Smith's show. But if Max is saying I don't want him, that's saying a lot because Max just wants to check and write and talk about boxing and go about his business. Now, granted, Max has some terrible takes on sports, but in general, Max is a very good guy, nice guy. I've known Max for over you know in passing or whatever for over a decade and everything. He you know he used to rap back in the day. Not that that makes him anything, but he, he he's about the cause. You know, he's one of those white people that understands that he's white. And he doesn't try to act black, but he understands that he's white. And, you know, there's parts that go around with that. So nobody likes William Kane. So you say, like, Rob, if nobody likes William Kane, why does William Kane keep getting these opportunities? And this is the, the problem within sports media. Red Cup. Everybody hated William Kane except management. Management loved William Kane. Think about that. Management loved William Kane. They loved him. Even though even, nobody, like, not even the, the fans liked him. You know, it's hard. even the MAGA people don't really particularly care for him. But management liked him. You know why? Because most management <laughs> are 
like William Kane. Nobody likes management. You know what I'm saying? You know, nobody likes management, but he was the talking point for management. He was basically the errand boy. You know how, like, in all the slave movies, they had, uh, you know, the slave master, and then they had the, uh, the, 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 the Samuel L. Jackson character from Django? That was Will Kane. That, that was, that's Will Kane. They would say, hey, we need you to do this. He was an agent, and he didn't care. See, when you don't have no morals, you'll just do whatever for cash. And they're like, do this, do that, do whatever. You know what I'm saying? He would do it, and management loved him. So if management loves them, then it don't matter. So we'll give you a better radio show. We'll give you a better, you know, uh, slot. We'll put you on, uh, we'll put you on first take, even though nobody wants you on first take. We'll do all this stuff for you, even though nobody likes you, because management likes you. Which means, what you need to know is that in sports media, surprise, surprise, it's not about your talent. It's about who asked you a kiss? You understand what I'm saying? Who ass are you kissing to get where you at? Have you ever watched, you know, you know your little sports shows and everything? You watch your sports shows, you watch your interviews and everything. Have you ever watched? Have you ever watched those shows and thought to yourself, these people aren't very talented? <laughs> have, you ever, <laughs> have you ever thought that? Have you ever said like I've sat in media rooms and. I've watched these guys work, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest things. I'm not saying I'm the GOAT or anything like that. But I, I've sat in these rooms, and I've watched these guys work, and I'm like, these guys are fucking terrible. Like, this, this, this is not – these guys are not very good at their job. I remember one time, one time at the, uh, at the NBA Finals. One time at the NBA Finals, the game was like a blowout. Like, I forget which one it was. It was a blowout. It was a blowout. So sometimes when there's a blowout, there's nothing to say, right? There, there's nothing to say. Like, there's nothing to talk about. And I'm not a person that just asks questions to ask questions, right? So I was sitting in the back eating a cookie and drinking a Coke because, you know, I'm all about the free. So I was sitting in the back, and I think I was tweeting or I was writing some stories and stuff, and, and they were asking questions, and they were, the question was freaking horrible. And I remember, so the little session was over, and then I was getting ready to leave the session. And when I left the session, they grabbed me, by the arm, right? They, they grabbed me by the arm. I'm like, grab me by the arm for I didn't ask no question. They grabbed me by the arm. These are the NBA people. Grab me by the arm, pull me off to the side. They said, hey, Rob. I said, hey, how you guys doing? And, you know, because once again, I'm likable and, and not with, like William Kane. I said, how you guys doing? Hope everything's good game, blah, blah, blah. They said, hey, can uh, you do us a favor? I said, sure. What, what, what do you need? What favor do you need? It's like, uh, when you see it like going bad like that, do you mind? You know, maybe asking a couple of questions, you know, to help us out a little bit. They know that they're terrible. <laughs> they know that they're terrible. These guys are not good. Have you ever read an article? And once again, I'm not saying I'm the GOAT. I'm just saying. Have you ever read an article and you're like, this is terrible? <laughs> this is not good at all. Not saying the guy, they don't work hard. It's a difference. You can still work hard and be trash. I'm sure there's a lot of backup quarterbacks that work very hard and terrible. You know, these guys are not very talented, but they're good with management or they been around forever and nobody want to tell them that they're bad. Right. I do remember uh, Bamani Jones pranking him and he was all in his feelings. You know why? Because nobody likes him. It was that way of getting back at him. Nobody likes him. 
So that that's the thing. It's, but it's management. If management likes you, then you're gonna be all right. If man, now what what's happening is, is this. Here's what's starting to happen. It's the Rona, right? The Rona it are is causing media companies to realize these guys are terrible, <laughs> and we are paying them a lot of money. In the end, it wasn't Max Kellerman that got Will Kane out the paint. It was the Rona and how much money Will Kane wanted. William Kane was making about half a million dollars a year, which is pretty funny, all things considered. Once again, I don't even care if you're, you're racist and you're MAGA and all of that stuff. I never hate on people getting their money. Like, even if you're a horrible person, nobody, you know, if ESPN wanted to give him a, a half million dollars to be a terrible, bad person, that's on them. It's not on William Kane. But they gave him a half million dollars and his his contract was up. And, you know, depending on who you believe, William Kane wanted like $1.5 million to be a horrible, you know, person, not very talented. Red Cup. Maybe if it wasn't the Rona, ESPN would have paid the dollars. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But because of the Rona, they can't just, they know he's, they know nobody likes him. And they know he's terrible. And, you know, times change. Trump is too busy trying to get people to inject Lysol to worry about ESPN and stuff. So they don't really need him as much. So management's like, you know something? Nah, we're not going to give you 1.5 million. I mean, we'll give you a little bump, but we're not going to give you 1.5 million. You know, because that's how management is. When they don't use you, when they don't need you anymore, they get rid of you. Maybe if it wasn't around him, maybe he gets his 1.5 million. I don't know. But anyway, he going to Fox, Fox News, where I think that's great for William Kane because he can be who he wants to be. Now, let me tell you something, though. Let me tell you something. If you go to Fox News, though, everybody's Will, Will Kane at Fox News. Everybody is William Kane at Fox News. So I hope he got a lot of money because he's just going to fade. As Mike Tyson said, he's going to fade into Bolivia. Not oblivion, Bolivia. Go look up that that video on YouTube. Cause everybody's William Kane on, on Fox on Fox News, so he's just gonna be in there with everybody. Else. That's what happened to um, old girl who um, had the brain tumor. I think she's doing better. I don't know. <laughs> I think she's doing okay. Uh, she thought she was going, but like they already got a Tommy Loren. They don't need a a backup Tommy Loren. So you just kind of fade to the background. That's the difference. See, it's smart to be. A one person at yeah, Britt McKinnon. Uh, I hope she's okay because I don't I don't like for anybody to have a brain tumor. That's that's terrible. But my point is, she went to Fox News because like it was a safe haven. But everybody's Britt McKinnon. They got like eight blondes that are like Britt McKinnon. So they got like eight, eighteen like William Kane's. If you just put William Kane picture up with like nine other people at Fox News, they're all gonna look the same. So if you wonder why people like William Kane and say Clay Travis, like why? Why in the world would someone as disliked as Clay Travis, why does, you know, FS1 give him a show? Well, because of management. <laughs> that's what management thinks. That's what they like. <laughs> and that, So my point is that's a problem with sports media. You see what I'm saying? The problem with sports media is management. Like Sage Steele is not good. She's not really, she's not very talented at all. But she's a black woman and let white people uh, you know, touch your hair. Oh, do you want to know a secret? Would you guys like to know a secret? 
You can't tell anybody, though. You can't tell anybody. You want to know a secret? You can't. Listen, you can't tell anybody this secret. Red cup. Don't tell anybody this secret. I get close to the camera. Don't tell anybody this secret. Sage Steele? Remember how Sage Steele said, you know, we should applaud her white king for taking in this black woman? How we should, how we should clap for her? You remember that? Go look it up. You remember that? Well, she said we should clap for her white king who pulled himself up by the bootstraps and took on this black woman and all of the things that he had to deal with being with a black woman. You remember that? Guess who's getting a divorce now? Red Cup. You remember that? And and guess who? Guess who's taking all the Sage Steel's money? Her white king. <laughs> White King taking all of the money. Her white king got all of that, all of that sponsor support. I want to, I want to go hang out with the white king. I want him to tell me how he, how he scammed him. Tell me how you scammed the white king. You invited to the cookout. The white king is invited to the cookout. <laughs> Woo! But that's what always happens. Always happens to black people that that hate being black, that talk bad about black people, that try to act like they're not black. It always happens to them like that. Karma comes back around on them. You know what I'm saying? Now, because I'm a professional, even though I had this information, I could have wrote about it. I could have made a big story about it. I could have, you know, flamed her and everything. I could have. But, you know, I'm not like that. I'm a professional. And here's the thing. We all have been in relationships that don't work. We've all had problems. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what the future may hold and everything. Everybody should hopefully lives happily, happily ever after, but you don't know. So it's not that I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to just do it out there. I told you guys the secret because we're on the live stream. You came in to listen to me. You want some information. I should have started Patreon or something like that. But anyway. Now, here's the thing. If you didn't care about the Kardashian stories, you wouldn't be asking me about the Kardashian stories. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you understand You understand the concept of that, right? If you didn't care about the Kardashian stories, you wouldn't ask me about the Kardashian stories. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not going to put on blast because here's the thing. I, I think about these things in, in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's the thing. If I'm on your timeline with the Kardashian stories, you know, you could just either, you know, mute the word Kardashian. You could unfollow. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you know, just things you can do. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you to unfollow. But, you know, you can mute the word. <laughs> you can, you know, mute the tweet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, we do 30, 40 stories a day. They're not all Kardashian. But if they're good stories, we're going to write them. So, yeah. So, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to put it out there. I, I, I do 
try to think about when I'm doing stories that, you know, I do try to think about these. I mean, she got kids and stuff like that. And, and I, I honestly, I honestly, I, I have a rule and I don't break my rule for anyone. If the story is not, in, I mean, you know, the rule, if the story is not in public, right. If it's not a public story, I won't write about it. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a domestic issue or personal issue, like somebody just tells me something, I'm not going to write about it. Now, if TMZ happens to put up that it's happening, then I'll write about it. You know, if someone, if someone else decides to do it, just because I was told, and I'm not going to put it up there. That's, that's really not my, I, I don't, I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't do that. That, that's the moralistically, you know, I, I try not to, to, to do that. You know, even though like, honestly, I checked to make sure it was, uh, it was valid. I mean, you can go and look on it. You can go look. I mean, it's a public record if somebody files for divorce, but that's not really my thing. Derek Brown apologized to me and deleted the tweet. And maybe, here's the thing, if Derek Brown gets married, it's because of me. Just remember that, Red Cup. If, if, Derek, if, Derek, if Derek Brown gets married and, and goes to Jared, it's because of me. So, honestly, his baby mama should be thanking me. He wasn't thinking about marrying that girl until this happened. <laughs> he wasn't thinking about it until this happened. And now she's probably like, so what are you going to do about it? I mean, he's an NFL player. He can go to Jet. <laughs> he's what, pick number seven. He can go to Jet. So he, his, his girlfriend, baby mama, whatever, she should be thanking me. I won't get no thanks. I won't get no credit. Right? I won't, I won't get no credit. But... If he gets married, if there's a story on BSO and it says Derek Brown proposes to his baby mama, that's all because of me. I get look, I'm not in the, I'm not I'm not just trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying if you just use logic, right? <laughs> Everybody was putting pressure on. Well, marry her then if you wanted to be a wife. He probably didn't want to do it. That's why why he deleted the tweet. He probably was thinking about it. And after he got finished being upset, like, damn, now I don't back myself into a corner. So, yeah, she can thank me for that. Feel free to send a cash out. The C.D. Lamb girlfriend make it past training camp? I'm concerned about C.D. Lamb, and let me tell you why. Red Cup. And I tell you the Candace Parker story, too. Um, I'm concerned about C.D. Lamb because, honestly, going to the Cowboys always puts some additional pressure on you. And... The last thing you need going to Dallas, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones making them, um, making them wear number eighty-eight. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's that's a lot of pressure. You know what I'm saying? I I've, I get to these other questions. I see him. That's a lot of pressure. I'm worried about him. I, I really am. I think he's a great player. I think he's a good player. And I think you know, some, going to the Cowboys. That's I hope I hope it all works out. That's a that's a lot of pressure. Oh, why why do um. Why do all the athletes date the same five girls? I can tell you why. There's an actual answer to that. It's called the circle, okay? It's called the circle, okay? When you're a professional athlete or entertainer or rapper or something like that, there's this kind of bubble. It's like a little circle. It's called a bubble, right? And certain women get within this bubble. And um, have you ever heard, uh, you know, it's like a referral system. You know, like, you need a referral, right? And what ends up happening is 
the athletes talk between themselves, right? And then it's a referral system. So let me just give you an example. So let's say an athlete is messing with an IG model or whatever it may be. After he's done with her, he normally tells everybody else, right? And what he does, he tells everybody else, and he says, this model, IG model does this, this, this. She does this really well. She's freak, blah, 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 da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? And that puts, that puts on the other athletes. And women, this is the opposite way, too. Women, some women, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Some women, once they get caught up in a particular lifestyle, right, they can't come back down from that. And what I mean by that is a rapper's lifestyle, an athlete's lifestyle, an entertainer's lifestyle is different from our lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's a different type of lifestyle. It's a different type of, just different. Because, I mean, it's different money, different access, and so forth. So once a woman has experienced that lifestyle, it's very difficult for her to go back down and date the guy from UPS. Nothing wrong with the guy from UPS. Got good benefits, a 401k, got a house and a car, nicest guy on the planet. But he doesn't have a private jet, right? He can't walk into Gucci and buy whatever he wants, you know what I'm saying? He can't just walk up to the hottest club in Miami or in L.A. and get VIP stuff. And once they get used to that, you know what I'm saying? They can't They can't go to a restaurant and spend $1,000 on a bottle and all of this stuff. Like, a UPS guy, still, it's great. He can go to a nice restaurant. He can buy some nice things. You know what I'm saying? But to them, it's a different level. You know what I'm saying? It's And it's hard for them to get out of that mindset. So that's why, that's where the circle comes in. They don't want to get out of the circle. And guys in the NFL or in the league or whatever only want to deal with girls that are in the circle. Uh, athletes in particular do not like to Deal with girls that have their own brain. You know what I'm saying? No boo, no boo, no boo, no boo, no boo. <laughs> they don't like women that deal with their that have their own mind, that have their own jobs. You know why? Because in the athlete circle, the woman is just eye candy. She's just some. She's just something to to look around with. You know what I'm saying? She's just something to hold on to. She's not supposed to speak and have opinions and have jobs and stuff. And actually, the reason. One of the reasons they like to deal with the same girls in the circle is a dependency issue, right? If you are an IG model, right? If you're just a regular girl or whatever, you don't have no job, you don't have no prospects and everything, and you're dating Odell Beckham, right? You see what I'm saying? You're dating Odell Beckham, right? And you up to this lifestyle. This is not a lifestyle that you can have on your own. So you're totally dependent on the athlete, right? So if the athlete cheats on you, lies to you, smacks you around, whatever it may be, does drugs, whatever it is, argues with you, kicks you out, or what What can you really do? If you want to be confined to that lifestyle, you just got to take it. So there's a dependency issue. I mean, you can really do a whole story. Yeah, I have a lot of stories because I've seen a lot of things. You see a lot of things in this industry. You surely do. That's why some of the reporters are so salty. Because the reporters wish they had the lifestyle. <laughs> so if you wonder why some reporters just seem angry all the time, it's because some of them, not all, some of them are making, you know, $60,000, $80,000 a year, which is not a bad salary. I mean, honestly, 
depending on where you live. And if you live in Oklahoma City and you make it $75,000 a year, you live in Nashville and you make it $80,000 a year, that's not bad. But some of them are resentful of what they see from the athletes. And so then when the athletes don't treat them with a lot of respect because athletes don't like media people, all of a sudden you have this conflict. You have this conflict. And that's why that's where you get a lot of this conflict from is that the athletes don't like the media. The media are jealous of the athletes. They're not good. Sometimes neither one of them are really good at their jobs. And then you have this conflict. And once you have a conflict, you know, one or two things going to happen. It's either going to blow up or somebody's going to fold or it's going to be some tension or whatever. Because, see, a lot of the, the, the going back to the media not being good, a lot of the media just don't know how to talk to athletes. Like, half of the job is just knowing how to communicate, right? No, that's why when people say, well, Rob, do you ever worry about such and such saying no? Because I can talk. I know I know how to communicate with people. I went on that bar stool uh podcast, you know, where they, they like the kicker. And this is a true story. I went I this is a true story. I went on the bar stool podcast. I had no idea. I had no idea how popular this podcast was. I should have known because it's bar stool and bar stool is super big. But I had no idea that I get emails all the time. Rob, come on this show. Come on this podcast. Talk about this. Talk about that all the time. So at a certain point, you just be like, okay, what time do you need me off? So I should have known it was Barstool. I should have known it was big, but I didn't know how big it was. So I get on the show. Oh yeah. I'll tell you about first take in a second. Uh, I get on the show and yeah, I think it was on satellite, satellite radio too. I get on the show and you know, they're trying to, you know, protect the kicker. Right. You know, they, you know, they, they, they're, I don't know what is it, conservatives or whatever. So they, they're trying to protect the kicker and we're going back and forth, back and forth and everything. Right. But I'm not yelling. I'm not screaming. I'm articulating my points and all of this stuff. And we agree to disagree. Right. And so the show comes out like the next day. Right. Uh, yeah. Miko's hit me up before um, the show comes up. I helped Miko get into a big three game one time. So we don't really have any beef anymore. I don't care. I don't carry grudges if you know we talk it out. But um, the next day, I'm getting all these uh, texts and I'm getting all these ads about how I did such a great job on the bar stool thing, and and Jamel Hill wouldn't come on, and such and such, none of the other black people would come on, but you went on and all of this stuff, and you did a great job, and I had all these bar stool people following me and stuff, and I didn't even know what was going on. I thought I was just doing a regular radio interview. So I was supposed to go on first take. Um, what year was that? Um, I was supposed to go on first take. I was in LA, so maybe like 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. And here's the thing: I made the pitch. The 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 guy that runs first take and some of the other big stuff on there. He's a black guy, and me and him had discussions and talks and stuff. I had just got out to LA and I was you know trying to help. I'm like, hey, you guys are out here in LA, da da da. First take, and we, I, I gave him a pitch, and it was a good pitch. I said, "Listen, this is your problem." I told him what the problem was. I'm like, "You got every day is Max and Stephen A. Max and Stephen A. It can get redundant, especially in the summertime when there's not a lot to talk about." I said, "What you should do is you should take some independent media people from various places, and you should have them either debate Stephen A. or debate Max or just come on." It's like you guys have Nelly. Come on. You have Joe Button come on. You have Lil Wayne come on. You should be able to have some independent journalists. I get to spruce it up a bit. 
you know, to make it a little bit, you know, more interesting. They say, Rob, that's great. Not a matter of uh, if, just a matter of when. That was like two years ago. <laughs> matter of when, just if, this when is going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. I'm going to follow up. Don't worry. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you in, right? And then one day, I was just checking things out, and I saw that they had created a contest. A contest where fans could submit their tape and then go on and debate Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. I said, hmm, that seems a little odd. <laughs> seems a little strange. Seems very close to the idea that uh, I had given them, except you're going to do it with fans instead of actually people that work in the media. <laughs> that was a little odd. Never got the call back. I was going um, around the horn, too. Around the horn. I, I think I make them nervous. I'm not exactly sure why. I have tons of TV experience, tons of radio experience. I talk to you guys every single day. <laughs> so, I don't curse. I don't say anything crazy. I'm pretty good at putting my points together, I think. You know, you see me on TV before. I did, whatever. Oh, yeah, the Candace Parker story. But, yeah, I, I just I think I – here's the thing. I'm not an ESPN employee. And, of course – when you're not an ESPN employee, then, you know, they don't really have any control, you know, over you. But, I mean, I've done CNN. I've done, what is it, Al Jersey. I've done, C, you know, I've done a, what the BBC. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff. I know how to handle myself, but for whatever reason, they don't want to have me on. But that's all. It's fine. That's no big deal. It's no big deal. I, I just wanted to do it, obviously, just to embarrass, um, embarrass uh, Stephen A. <laughs> Not even embarrass Stephen A. It was just, I, it's not even about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking with that. But like, you, if you, if you think you're good at something, you always want to like test yourself against the best, right? Like fighting, uh, it's like fighting Floyd Mayweather or something. You know what I'm saying? You know, so you know, you, you it would have been interesting. I thought it would have been interesting. I've talked to Shannon before about possibly going on. You know, that. I think what it was was it wasn't even Stephen A. It might have been Will Kane. It might have been. Some it might have been something else that I felt like I needed to be on there. And here's the thing: I told him, I said, half the time you guys are already using my stories. You might as well put me on. Yeah. So Candace Parker was married to uh, an NBA player, and uh, but she had to end up paying um, child support, and I think he got um, custody of the kid too. I mean, it does happen. That's what Jay Cutler's trying to do right now. Jay Cutler hated his wife, Sheldon Williams. Yeah. I might reach out to Steven and um, and Matt Barnes. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah, Sheldon Williams. That was an ugly man. Like, you know, you can be an ugly dude and still get good-looking women. But, man, he's an ugly guy. Ugh. I'm back. I'm back. I know. I know. Here's the thing. It was um, uh, normally when I do the... The live stream, I, you know, I put the mute on and everything so nobody can get through. But my wife obviously can get through if she's calling. If she's calling, she can get through. So, you know, happy wife, happy life. So I make sure she was okay. Make sure she was all right. So anyway, Sheridan Williams, ugly man. Um, yes, so yeah, she took all of his, I mean, he took all of her money. And they had like four or five kids too. But Jay, Jay Cutler, yeah, hates his, hated his wife. Yeah, Jay Cutler hated his wife. Have you? I watched. Well, I think it was Living Cavallari, like Cavallari, Halle Berry. What was the name of the reality show? Living Life with Cal Calavari, Calamari. 
whatever the reality show was, one day it was on TV. And I couldn't find very Cavalry Harry. Okay, I got you. Uh, one day it was on TV and I couldn't find the remote. <laughs> so I had to watch like one full episode of Very Merry Cavalry, right? And Jay Cutler was on the episode. And when I was in college, uh, they used to take this, uh, we, I took a class where you can kind of read people's facial cues and things like that. It's a very important trait to have. But I watched the, the episode. It was a terrible episode. Like, reality TV is just terrible, right? So, so very Larrieri, she was on there. She was talking to, to Jay about, I think, opening up some cupcake store or some lash store or something. And I swear to God, Jay Cutler looked at her like he hated her more than any. He hated her more than going to practice, right? <laughs> My man, I'm, I look, I could, look, it didn't take a body language expert to know that that man did not like his wife in the least bit. And if you didn't know, like they were supposed to get married, Jay left her at the altar. He's like, ah, you know, so I don't know about this. You know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, Jay doesn't like that woman. So I knew when she did the Instagram saying, oh, you know, 10 years and we, I knew that wasn't, we mutually parted and everything is great. I knew it wasn't great. Jay said, you're not getting my money. Jay, she said, I need your money to go buy me a house. You know what Jay said? Jay said, look, we already got three houses. Pick one and get the hell up out of my house. And you can't get it to my account anymore. I'm locking that up. Like, if you got a Seri Derry uh, Calavari, you know what I'm saying? If you got a, if you got a reality show, Seri Derry uh, Valieri, then what you need Jay's money for? I knew they was going to get a divorce because I watched another episode of, uh, of Derry Calavari. And it, was the ep- well, it wasn't the episode. It was like a clip, right? It was a clip of when she was accusing her best friend of sleeping with Jay, right? And the best friend wouldn't really give an answer. And she went to Jay and she said, Jay, honey, <laughs> she said, Jay, um, you know, have you, you know, my friend won't say anything about, you know, if you slept with her or if you cheated on her, right? And you know what Jay said? Jay said, he had like, I think he had a red cup. It may have, it may have had like some uh, Patron or something in it. Jay was like, That's interesting. And put the cup down and walked away. <laughs> I like Jay. Hey, Jay don't even care. He's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, Jay, Jay hates his wife. Jay Cutler hates his wife. Hates his wife as much as he hated going back to the Dolphins. I remember that was her. His thing. She Jay was retired and walking around naked on the beach. And living his best life after getting all the money from the Bears and the Broncos, Jay had retired and was minding his own business. And then the Dolphins was like, hey, Jay, we got $10 million for you to be trash. Would you like to take it? And Jay was like, no, I want to walk around naked on the beach with my dogs and relax and everything. And it was Sammy Cavalry was like, no, Jay, you need to go get that $10 million. And he was like, I don't know. She's like, no, Jay, go get that $10 million. You know, we need that $10 million. We Need that $10 million. So Jay went and got the $10 million, ended up getting a concussion. I remember that. Jay got a concussion. And then Sarah Varielli was like, oh, man, I can't believe what the NFL is, is doing 
to my husband, I wish he retired. And Jay was like, come on now. I already, come on now. <laughs> I already, I come on. I wanted to retire. I was walking around naked on the beach with my dogs. And now I got a concussion. I might got CTE because you wanted the extra $10 million. Now you're telling me to retire. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't like Sarah Bella. He sure. He he didn't like Sarah Bella. He surely did. It can't be nothing worse in the world than than hating your wife. Um, I think she's um. I don't think she's white. Michael Jordan's wife, current wife. I think she's um. What is she? She she's something. Hold on, let me find out. Mm. I think she's like Puerto Rican or something. <laughs> well, maybe she is just white. I, I don't know. I know that she don't show up in the uh, last dance. It's Yvette Prato. Yeah, Yvette Prato is not is not a white name. Is that Puerto Rico? Puerto Rican? I, I think she's Puerto Rican. I can definitely see Jay Color with a black. She's cute. She's a model from Cuba. Yvette Preto is a model from Cuba. She is modeled for designer Alexander Wang and appeared in the documentary Cuba, Cuba, an island apart as herself. She was born in Cuba. Of course, she met Jordan at the club. <laughs> she, met, she met basketball legend Michael Jordan while dancing at a club in 2007. When they say dancing at the club, do they mean like on the pole or just dancing, dancing? Mm. That's that's a come up right there. That, that's definitely a come up. That is definitely a come up. If she was dancing on the pole, that was a come up. Oh yeah, Juanita. Well, here's the thing. Juanita took half the money. Here's the thing. Juanita took half the money and then you know just went about her business. Yeah, I mean, I can respect that. You have you haven't heard from Juanita for a very long time. She got half that that money and was out of here. I don't have a problem with them playing at Disney World. I mean, whatever. As long as it's safe, I just care about it's safe. Look, my my best friend, uh, unfortunately, is fighting the coronavirus right now. He's in the hospital, so like, I just want people to be safe. That's all. <laughs> I just want people to be safe. Hmm, was on the pole, huh? Back in two thousand and seven. Mm. Yeah, they don't really talk about his, uh, how old is he? She's 41. Well, she's not that much younger than Mike. Mike's what, like 55? So, yeah, he got him a little, a little young tender. Well, she was a young, so in, um, so in, um, so let's see, so they met in 2007. So when they met, in, what is I got to do some math. What's that? Six? So that's 13 years ago, 41 minus 13. So she was on the pole at 28. I go pretty much on any show if they ask me nicely. <laughs> you see, Dan Orlowski was mad at me today. Why Dan Orlowski mad at me? Don't be mad at me, Dan. Uh, Dan Orlowski's mad at me. <laughs> yeah, Dan Orlowski mad at me. I don't know why he was mad at me because he uh he just had a bad take. That's all. <laughs> I, here's the thing, I don't know why he was mad at me because the, the story was, is he was trying to, he was defending his bad take, so I put his defense up. 
and he was upset at me. He was like, did you, did you, did you also tweet about the, that I said Lamar Jackson was the MVP? I'm like, ah, we're not even talking about that. <laughs> we're talking about this particular segment right here where you said, you know, the top five draft prospects since 2018 and you had Sam Donald number one. That's terrible. You got two guys on there that haven't even played. Have you said, well, I, don't even, I haven't said nothing about that. I think he got mad because I spelled his name wrong. And it was an accident. It was the, the autocorrect. So I called him Orlaski instead of Orlaski. And I think he got mad about that. <laughs> I think he got mad. I, I didn't mean to. I, you know, I don't, well, he's being groomed. I mean, they love bad backup quarterbacks on ESPN. That's their thing. That's another thing that bothers me about the industry, and maybe I get to that on a different day. But it bothers me that uh, so many jobs go to bad, go to bad backup quarterbacks. That really bothers me. Yeah, the cup's about empty. Yeah, you're right. That really, that really bothers. Like, there's so many talented. Let me let me tell you let me tell you the problem with sports media now. Before and I want to end it with this, okay? And this has nothing to do with the reporter. This has everything to do with the network. And I do think Rogers is going to leave at some point. I'm just going to tell you a quick story, and then I'm going to leave because I'm going to tell you what's wrong with our industry in one way. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not trying to fight nobody. I mean, I ain't trying to talk. People talk tough like that on, on social media. I ain't. What, what do I look like? I'm a grown man. I got family. I'm not trying to fight nobody. Now, if somebody, you know, you know, about them hands. I mean, I'm not gonna let nobody punk me. But I'm not trying to fight nobody. But let me tell you this story. I'll tell you this story, and it's recent, so it's not. Well, wifey's coming back for lunch, so we, we gotta go. We we can't actually go anywhere, but. <laughs> she's coming back for lunch um, let me tell you this quick story though before she gets back that's what she was calling about so remember Dan Rayfield the boxing writer for ESPN he's another casualty basically of the Rona not specifically because of the Rona but because he was making more money than the entire boxing department and whatever and his contract was up and it's like hey we're we going to save this money by not paying you right so basically he's out of here just like kind of like Will Kane I like Dan. Uh, nothing against this story. It has nothing to do with Dan. It has to do with everything that's wrong with the industry. Okay? Boxing reporters, in general, there are tons of them, but they're small. It's not a lot of boxing reporters on the high end, the ESPNs, the SIs, but there's a ton of them on the low end. Some talented, some trolls, some god-awful. But it's a ton of them. And a lot of them minorities. Okay? A ton of them are minorities. Right? So Dan said he got a new show, you know, because he's not with ESPN anymore. He said he got a new show, new interview show. It's on a, a network called the Impact Network. And his first guest was going to be Leonard Ellaby, you know, the president of Mayweather Promotions. I was like, that's great. Dan got a new show on with Leonard Ellaby. Good for him. You know, nobody likes to be out of work during the Rona. Good for Dan. I was like, great for Dan. And I said to myself, I said, I never heard of the Impact Network before. So I want to find out what channel it is. Does it stream so I can watch? Because, you know, I'm interested in stuff like this. So I go to the Impact Network. You know what the Impact Network is? 
Have you ever heard of the Impact Network? Let me tell you from their own words. Let me tell you what they say in their own words. The Impact Network is the only African-American-owned and operated Christian television network in the U.S. and is now available on AT&T Direct TV, Channel 380. The network features programming on Urban Ministries Global uh, Gospel Lifestyle Events and Urban Sports. Now, you, let me ask you a question. If I am, and I'm not trying to be discriminatory, right? but because I've, I've, I've hired white people before, but if I am the only African-American-owned and operated network, and I have a boxing job available for a TV reporter, and there is... 70 black boxing media reporters out there. I choose Dan Rayfield, the whitest, <laughs> the whitest reporter out there. And I, I, I don't think Dan is, 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 I'm not saying Dan is racist or anything like that. I think Dan's, a, like I said, I like Dan. Dan's a nice guy. But you mean out of all of them black reporters that cover boxing, they got YouTube channels that do interviews that are out there in the streets. Every single one of them. You are upstart network, so you can take chances. It would have come a whole lot cheaper. You chose a big white guy on your African-owned and operated Christian television network. That's the problem with media, my friends. Even when we got our own, we still outsource to something else. Like I said, not 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 a not a Dan issue. Dan, you know, doesn't have a job, red cup. Needs his cash. No problem with that. I'd take I'd have took it too. But that's crazy to me. Because there's so many black boxing reports. It's not like golf. If you if you just type in boxing on YouTube, you will see at least 20 boxing black boxing reporters that you can stick in and do interviews with, who get interviews every day. I'll take it. Put me on the, uh, they still got the, uh, what was the, they still got TNN? They still got the, the, the country music station? Put me on the country music station. Let me do a hip-hop show. I do it. You know, pay me, I do it. I wonder how much they pay them. That'd be crazy. But that's the problem. Once again, back to our original points, management. It's all about management. If we don't fix the management aspects of media, we're never going to we're never going to get any type of equality. We're going to keep getting the William Keynes and the Clay Travis and the African American owned networks getting Dan Rayfield, nothing against Dan. Until management changes, we're not going to get the opportunities. That's why I send my people out. It's easy to be, like, no offense, like, to to, to Deadspin, SB Nation, all of those guys. They don't help push their people forward. Like, they just want them to write, like, do 100 articles. Like, my thing is I want to get you out in the streets because that's really the only way that you can elevate 
in the media game. You have to actually meet people. You have to talk to people. You have to make connections. Anybody can sit behind what, once again, like I said, it doesn't take a genius to sit behind the computer and write some stories. But you have to, to learn to ask questions, learn to interview, learn your, the ins and outs of the business. You got to be out in the streets to do that. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, it is all, it's really, it's everything's the WWE now. Everything's sports entertainment. Everything is sports entertainment. I predicted this years ago. Uh, I think Whitlock is alive. But once again, management. That's the other thing. Like, Whitlock is good with management. <laughs> because he's a black guy that talks about black people. Of course, white management would like that. You know, Nick Wright's good with management. That's what Colin Cowherd told him. Be good with management, and you'll be okay. And there's nothing against Nick Wright. I mean, Drew Locke definitely got the best... Uh, well, not the best, but he got he got some some players that help him. So it's all about management, and that's pretty. That's I mean that's the same probably in any industry. I can only talk about the industry I'm in because the last industry I was in was in the call center, and it was just like that, like 15 years ago. But I'm assuming in most industries are like it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, but Whitlock make makes seven figures. Whitlock makes seven seven figures. Marcellus Wiley, that's like, we'll give you, we'll give you, I forgot what it was, but we'll give you 800000 or something a year, a million a year to come over here and talk about Kaepernick, no problem. You can't, people can't be bought. Obviously, Tevin Smith was thinking about R. Kelly. <laughs> thinking like R. Kelly. I, I, I think, um, I think I don't I don't have an issue with Nick, right? I think I think he was taught by Colin Cowherd, so it just that's how it comes across. That you have to kinda hate, you have to kinda be like really strong on one side. You can't like have any middle ground. So who you hate, you gotta really hate, and who you love, you gotta really love. Like it's weird to me, honestly. It's weird to me when the reporters have I don't because I don't know if they're faking. If they're not faking, it's really strange. If they are faking, I can kind of understand it. But when they have like that weird like obsession with a player, like his he has a weird obsession with LeBron. Like I don't know if that's real or is that just for TV. But that's like really, really strange to me as a grown man. Maybe because that's just how I was taught. Like grown men don't idolize other grown men. You can respect them. You can like what they do. You know what I mean? But it's it's you should never be a, as a grown man, you should never want to be a fan of another man, like a, like he's your idol. You know what I mean? Like it's very, that's weird to me. That's just my personal opinion. Maybe people feel otherwise, right? Just like at a certain, I get it when you're like 12, all right. But when you're 32, yeah, that's a little weird to me. That's a little weird to me. You can respect what they do. You can like what they can do. You say they do great things for the community. You can be cool with them, but if you're 33 years old and you just really just ball licking a guy, it's just it's a little weird to me. It's a little strange to me. I, I mean, it's strange to me. It really is. That's that that's that that's strange. I mean, like I said, I don't know if it's an act. Maybe it's an act for ratings. I don't know. I can never I, like I like you know. I wouldn't go on TV. God, man, that's just that's just weird. Let's just leave it at that. Well, a lot of it does come from Skip. You know, why could Skip make $6 million to work for three hours a day? You know what I'm saying? 
I wish I wish I could make six million dollars working three hours a day. I really do. I probably I'm probably overpaid anyway for what I do, but if I can make six million dollars for three, four hours a day of work, I would do it. I had a milk yacht. Yeah, the milk yacht. Ooh, it's already one o'clock here. Yeah, time's flying past. Alright, that's it for today. Is tomorrow Friday? What is today? I don't even know what today is. <laughs> today is Thursday. Oh, so Friday is Robe Talk Friday. The first day of May. Okay. Well, Brandon, this is true. This is a true story. Um, let me look at my little stats here for a second. This was the. It has a. This has an outside shot. We're close. This month of being the biggest traffic month that we've had in a very, very long time. Like we're closing in on like six million like visitors this month, which is crazy because there's no sports, but people like the drama. So that's a lot. I'm using yes, yeah, that's a lot. December 2018 was the, the highest month in a while. That's how that's, that's a year and a half ago. Or two years ago. More than two years ago. So, it's a lot. Uh, I don't think they canceled the, NFL, the NBA season because, because of LeBron, basically. Yeah, the Rona traffic has been good. Here's the thing. It's not that we're doing that many more stories a day. It's just I'm a little bit more specific about what I'm doing. The the Rona, yeah, the Rona, uh, the Derrick Brown, he did help. We were already having a good month before then, um, so it was it helped. We we're having a it was a it was regular month until probably about the middle of the month. Then it took off. I'll talk about Kendall Jenner tomorrow, but I'm out for now. Wifey's back. We gotta go get some lunch. I think I'm actually going to put the robe actually on tomorrow. So be looking out. For the best in sports and sports entertainment, check out BlackSportsOnline.com and you can catch me, Robert Natal, Monday through Friday on TMZ Sports on FS1. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, BSOTV. I'm out.